ATG, all things geek. I am Steve. I am Steve. <laughs> I always like to do it when he's drinking because he, <laughs> he, he, he gets should... a look on his face and go, oh, shit, I got to yeah. drink this quick. I almost choked and I should know better from now. Like, all right, we're ready to go. Let's <laughs> don't drink until Steve starts the show. Um, This is pure um Guardians talk. We are going to keep it spoiler free for the first couple of minutes. And then, like, I would say after like 10 or 15 minutes, we'll give a spoiler warning. We'll talk about spoilers. Um, and spoilers will be toward the end because we want to talk about how some what other trilogies kind of landed the ending and what didn't. And we'll go over that too. Um, so this is all about Guardians. Go see it uh, before you watch this. This is your warning again. We hope you like the time travel episode, which I finally posted last week. Um, the other one will be coming up this week. Um, I am starting another show with my um, my lady friend, and we're going through the thousand and one. Movies you should see before yeah. you die. Uh, we've on this, on this it channel? On this channel. Um, Wait, so... are you ever going to do the reality show with Sarah? Because, man, she wants, to talk to, about... Sarah. she wants to talk to you about Survivor like every day. Um, does Sarah have my text? Does she have Maybe. my phone number? Uh... <laughs> no, she does, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> That's no, pretty okay. funny. Um, so, yes, I would love to do something with Sarah. So let her know. And she knows I'm available pretty much any anytime. So, um Will do. We it's, will, it's the ball is like a lazy court. Okay, I'll tell uh, you. We'll get that. It will, it'll be like a reality. We'll focus on Survivor when that comes out. And, you know, Big Brother Canada started. Uh, and maybe we'll watch Australian Survivor because I hear that's super interesting and really good. I'm sure. Oh, really? Yeah. It's very different and it's very more. I heard it's great. So okay. um, I'm going to start finding them online and then I'll watch those. Um, and I will share them with you if you guys want to do that. But. We are talking Guardians. Again, warning, five, four, three, two, one. Let's Showtime, do... a-holes. <laughs> um, the first F-bomb is dropped in this too, Steve, which I... You told me it was the first F-bomb. I didn't realize it was the first F-bomb in the entire MCU. In the entire MCU, oh, yeah. We're not going to spoil it yet. We'll, like, we'll hold that till the end. But let's uh, talk our overall um, thoughts on Guardians in general before going into this and then... Um, because you have a much more deeper connection to it than I do, I think. Yeah, oh, for, the whole, yeah. for the whole for the whole series. Um, I mean, I love them. I I think it's a great one of the best things in Marvel is this, is the Guardians arc. Let's say. Um, so why don't yeah. you talk about that first? I mean, we I talked about, I talked about this about a million times in a million different aspects when we had our Comic Con panel last night. That was kind of the reason I brought this up is because Guardians One was my favorite movie going experience in my entire life. It was mm. a Kind of it altered my DNA, and that sounds hyperbole and cheesy, but it wasn't. It was my kid was there at the very beginning when she was young, and she actually grasped what was going on. And you can mm-hmm. see the seriousness and the tone and the the deep sadness when Groot died, and then when he came back, the absolute joy and levity that like seeing that twig wake up and then dance <laughs> at the end with a little kid. 
that gets the movie because Lila's always understood movies since she was very young. To see it actually in a theater like that just broke my soul. Also, it was when Sarah first moved out. Well, right after she moved out, we, yeah. we were coming together. So it holds a really deep. I have We Are Groot tattooed on my arm. Um, I just think that that's it's, it's an important thing to me. And then seeing the sequel, which was one of the best sequels I've ever seen, um, it, it just solidified to me that this was my like Star Wars. People were always like, I was in the theater in 1977 when I saw yeah. it. And I like to say I was there in 2014 to see the, if you remember this, and I have a picture of it, maybe I'll post it on the Instagram. Before Guardians came out in theaters, Guardians 1, it was such a bizarre movie that they did a special screening at theaters where they showed 20 minutes of the movie in a mm -hmm. high def trailer in an IMAX 3D thing, right? And they were like, hey, for a day, come over and see this. Kind of like what they have at Disney. Remember that thing? Yeah. That, like by Captain EO, they did that thing. So we were like, okay, we'll see the next Marvel thing. And we got our tickets and we went there. We had no idea what to expect. And I'm like, I don't know who these people are. You know, what the fuck is a guardian? And uh, we went there and they showed the, the a little bit of the intro. They showed the escape from the kiln and then a little bit more. And we just left the theater like, this is our thing. And seeing it the day it came out was still one of my favorite movies of all time. It's on my top five list. Yeah. So um, it just means a lot to me. So this right here, we've already talked about how this almost didn't get made. So I've been looking forward to this since, you know, since pretty much day one when he said he was going to make it a trilogy. And then with it being canceled and then brought back, the amount of hype for this to me was through the roof. So yeah. uh, I've never had anything like this. And uh, I'll just say after seeing it, I'm, I'm happy the way it went down. <laughs> it's, it's, so five out of five. It's an easy five out of five. Yep. Okay. Um, I don't I mean, I have a connection with it. Um, it's uh, it, it's. It's almost a perfect movie for me, this one. Um, I remember watching one and then watching two with somebody else and on our honeymoon at, at downtown Disney. Um, and then oh. oh, great a fucking movie that was watching it in downtown Disney. It was so good. Oh um, man, that would have been a cool experience. And then just in general, like there's a there's a humanity to all these characters. And Steve and I both I mean, every geek probably does it. But I mean, I rewatched everything the Guardians was in. So I watched the first one, the second one, in game, Infinity War, um, in the holiday special, uh, leading up to this. And, and the first like, half an hour of Thor Love and Thunder. No. <laughs> I, I, I did. I, I did I, that I, until they flew away. That was it. I, 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 I couldn't I couldn't bring myself to it. I couldn't. <laughs> it's hysterical. It, it makes uh, it makes me feel like uh like Quill in the opening of Guardians three. That's how you feel about the love and thunder. Um, but no, but like, um, it's amazing looking back. You can pick up on different things. Like, I know Quill's story. We all know Quill's story. This is, this is Rocket's story. And then, but you see this this arc for Nebula, which I love to bring up now because it's such an amazing full circle arc for her, and it's. I don't know why now that it, it very much connects to me, but it is. She is the underrated character in this whole, in this whole arc of the Guardians. I think. Yeah. So in the first one, she was literally the villain until the last like two minutes of the movie, and even then, she wasn't good. In the second one, she transformed in the end. She became part of the group, and yeah. then in Infinity War, you really saw that she was was good when she kind of had a moment with Robert Downey at the beginning. 
And uh, then she changed. So, yeah, you're totally right. And Karen Gillan plays it like an absolute pro. Uh, I keep on reading that now she wants to play uh, Poison Ivy in James Gunn's DC universe. And I'm like, you better. Oh, just we'll say talk yes. about James, the whole James Gunn situation, too, after we talk oh. about the movie. And um, so you're right. Her arc, her arc does come all the way around. It's an actual full. She starts here and ends in a completely different place. Uh, they all do change over time, but you're right. Nebula's character is absolutely fantastic. And besides the fact that it's great writing, Karen Gillan sells it in this yeah. one. Everybody she, does. Everybody brings yeah, the oh, A-game. Believe me, this is flawless everything, but you're right. I'm agreeing with you so even, much on... Yeah, even Dave Bautista's not, like, over-the-top laughy and, like, laughing at no. his own jokes, like, too. Like, that was the yeah. one of the big... How... So... Let's talk about some of the criticism that this is getting because we are gushing. And yes, you used to see it. You used to see it in IMAX. You used to see it in Dolby Digital. You see it multiple times. Yeah. See it in theaters. Don't wait for fucking Disney Plus. Go, yeah. go see it like now. Steve uh, likes to tell people make your own choice and go do it. He's going to tell you right now to just drop what you're doing and go yeah, see it. Go I mean, see it opening weekend if you can. Just go when you can. It is that good. And I don't think we're going to get anything this good from Marvel. And I told, I told Steve this is probably the best movie experience going. In, in forever that I've had it. And Steve knows I've been going through some shit, so maybe that's part of it. But this is honestly, it was, I don't know how to put it, it was freeing in a way. It was a freeing movie for, for me, I'm sure for Steve too, right? I, I, I guess that's the best way to do it because this brings up so many emotions. We're going to go, we're going to dive into it in a second. Uh, but where was I going with this? I forget. But, yeah, what were you saying? <laughs> <laughs> I was letting you go because you were talking about how uh, it, it made you feel good at the end. It, 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 it Oh, was yeah, a... Batista, the, the, the criticism. The, thank you. Um, so the first, the second, everybody pretty much loves the first one. Um, you know, we usually give it like around a four B rating. Um, the second one got a little bit of heat because it was so, people were saying it was so unbalanced. It was too much comedy, not enough drama. Like, it was, like, 80% comedy, 20%, like, drama. Uh, which I can kind of see. There's a lot of re-watching it. I can see that criticism a little bit more. They're very much Drax laughing at every single joke. And he has a joke, and they have a joke, and it's very jokey. Um, so I kind of see that, but still a freaking great movie. Still a great sequel. Um, and then for this one, very much more balanced for me. Very much more 50-50, lighthearted, heavy shit. Um, some of the criticisms it's I've seen, even in positive reviews, is that unbalanced. Like it, it brings you so low, and then high for a second, and then low. But that's that's a James Gunn thing. James Gunn uh, does that. That's yeah. I think that's by design. Right. Um, he plays with your emotions very well. Um, James Gunn, uh, Writers Guild is on strike now. Um, but a very great writer. Um, very great director. Um, just just. A talent for knowing how to edit, how to put things together, like um, thought a thought out trilogy, a thought out arc for these characters, something that they're not cramming into the mouth. This is their own story that fits within the Marvel universe, and I think that's what's been missing in the last couple of movies. I love Thor as a character, I love Doctor Strange as a character, but they had shoot, and I love um, uh, Scarlet Witch as a character. She is so complex, and we've talked about this before. Yeah. Um, but they're trying to cram these things into, okay, this is the big bad. Let's set up every movie now as a big bad. And that wasn't the way it is. They used to be like this movie. They used to be like this Guardians movie where they have their story. You can like the story or not like the story. That's totally up to you. But like the end credit was always 
the setup for the big character, and then Avengers was the big, okay, the, the huge setup for the character, uh, for the big bad. Um, and I think that's what's been wrong with Quantum Realm and, and Doctor Strange and, oh, oh, Spider-Man did it so well, let's use the multiverse. And they don't use yep. the multiverse in a great yep. way. Yeah, we saw, John, spoilers alert, uh, John Krasinski as Fantastic, uh, Mr. Fantastic, the X-Men cartoon Xavier. I mean, we saw, like, and it was cool to see an Agent Carter. Um, but, like, did it really mean anything in the in the long run? Did they progress the characters? Did these characters grow? Did we see the depth of hurt and pain in Scarlet Witch and in 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 Doctor Strange? No, she was just a bad guy, right? Oh yeah, wanting well her kids. That's not like if you didn't see WandaVision, you'd be like, "What the hell is going on?" Um, this is a movie. If you've seen the Guardian movies, you know what's going on. Um, even if you don't has have not seen every single thing Guardians has done. You wouldn't be lost at all in this movie. Well, um, so, yeah. The, the the choice of song choice is as brilliant as always. The soundtrack, yep. done. Um, Steve's favorite song is the opening credit scene. Steve, go it, ahead. You can talk about that. Yeah. So hold on. First of all, since you're talking about critic reviews and everything like that, we've been doing a lot of scouring to see if there's any negative reviews. And Sarah's been all over Reddit, which is where you'll get the most, I think, honest people. You know, and if you say yeah. something outlandish, they'll downvote it because you're not really. You're just talking shit like that guy that works for the Chicago Tribune. Yeah. I like reading people's thoughts on there. And so far, she's not finding like almost any negativity. So here we go. Let's just break it down real quick. As of today, which is Saturday. So it's been out for three days. I've never seen this happen before, Steve, because the math is just hard to do. Yeah. It started with a 79% Rotten Tomatoes. And today, it's gone up two points. I You don't see Rotten wow. Tomatoes okay. go up. Because yeah. the algorithm, you would have to have way more than half of those reviewers Wait until Friday with positive reviews. Right. It's at an 81% Rotten Tomato score. As of today, it has a 96% fan review. And its IMDb is the highest of the Guardians at an 8.4 with over 30,000 reviews. Or about 30,000 reviews. That's First mm. of all, that's a ton of people reviewing it the first day. That's great. Let's just compare that to number two. IMDb's two score was 7.6. And Guardians 1 uh, floated in at an 8. So okay. this would be the highest IMDb score out of the three. The Rotten Tomato scores, the very first one had a 92 critics. Number two had an 85 critics, and this has an 81 critics. So this would be the lower critic score by a scotch below number two, but a handful Which is below crazy to me. That's nuts. Agreed. Agreed. I understand. And, and the fan scores, though, are backwards. This has the highest fan score at a 96% uh, fan reviews. Number two had an 87%, and number one had a 92%. So it's kind of all over the map. The, the, the driving point here is that everyone is pretty much enjoying it, um, but Guardians 1 is still a tough one to beat, which I don't disagree with. That, that Like I said, I, no one expected something that original out of the MCU, and we're glad that it's there. So anyway, it's, it's settled in pretty well at it right now. It'll probably change a little bit over the rest of the weekend, but that critic score went up, which is fascinating to me. So well, we used to use Metacritic a lot. So you were a big I, Metacritic, yeah. I just jumped on that again. So I'm kind of shocked at this score, to be honest with you. The Metacritic score is 65 with um, wow, 30, I... 36 positive, uh, 22 mixed, and then two negative. Um, the, mixed, the mixed ones must have been just right under that score to bring it down a little bit then. Yeah, yes, a lot of 60, uh, 50, fucking Tribune, 25. Uh, but a lot of 91, uh, 91 uh, a lot of 90s, a lot of like high 80s, 
um, in some, you know, high 70, 75s. And Which would up. put it in that middle ground, and yeah. Right. Score, yeah. Like it looks say. like, yeah, it looks like for, it looks like for um, Metacritic, it looks like 60 is the height of the mix. Like, that, if you go 61, it's positive. Okay. So, because right. 63 so, is a positive review on here. Um, so, so lots of fifties. It looks like all the all the mix of fifties. Okay. Well, you know that's interesting to me, but I will say the one thing I keep on reading, and this is not—I don't want to say that this is a warning because I hate that people keep on wording this as a warning. They're warning that it's it's tough if you like animals because the movie deals with that. And I'm going to tell you, we've now seen it multiple times, and I kind of get it, except for the fact that these are fictional animals. They don't look real. They they walk around on mechanical legs. You know, teeths and floor and rocket and flow. No, no, teeths, teeths, floor, Lila and rocket. They yeah. they don't look like that. At the end, there's a ton of animals that are just normal that are treated just fine. Well, they're released and saved and all this other stuff. Blah blah blah. But I mean, I, that's the one thing I keep on hearing is you can't take your kids to this. It's too dark. Now, this deals with heavy subject matter. The, mm-hmm. the, like Steve said, the beginning of the movie deals with rocket struggling with. Dealing with being in the gardens. Right. Wait, situation. hold on. Hold on one second. Spoilers from here on out. Go. Okay. So the movie starts off with that. And and Quill is deeply, deeply sad about losing Gamora. So He's much depressed. So de- very depressed that they, at the beginning of the film, uh, he is drunk. And he, like, uncontrollably drunk. And they're like, oh, it happened again. And they treat him really well. Nebula carries him to bed. They... They put him away and they all have his back, but they all know what's going on. And yeah. it starts off heavy. It starts off slow and heavy. It's intro song isn't, uh, you know, ELO and it's definitely not Uga Shaka or whatever, Redbone. This was Creep Acoustic um, by Radiohead. And you can mm-hmm. tell. And I I mean, I, I started crying and everyone says, oh, I was crying. I, I broke down like huge sobbing because I did not expect the film to start this way. Yeah. And it started in a way that broke my soul because Creep has been one of my top five favorite songs of my entire life because of the lyrics. And to know that this was playing and then, like Steve and I were talking about yesterday on the phone, to see Rocket actually singing the song while walking mm-hmm. through nowhere, while Quill is drunk and passed out. And, you know, you can feel the gravity of what's going on in that group. I was an absolute puddle of mess on the floor. I just didn't expect that to come. And... You would think that, oh, this is going to be a dark movie. Yeah, I mean, there are some darker moments, but let's just say it comes around full circle to one of the happiest endings to a film I've ever seen. Yeah. So I don't quite understand the don't take your kids. You to need this. the pain to get to the good. You need you need character development. Yeah. You people who are yelling there's no character development and giving right. it like a 70 and a 60, and we have actual character development yeah. for characters yes. you care about, and you're saying it's too hard. Like, what do you want at this point? Yeah. I, the good news is, is you you're seeing it a little bit. We've been tearing apart comments, and I'm just not seeing many people having negative thoughts on this movie. But which is why those scores don't make sense to me. Because usually you'll get people talking crap about it in the middle. Yeah. I, this one I don't see any. I, I'm seeing like every single report that I'm seeing is very positive. So it starts off heavy, and it it goes through there. We don't have to go scene by scene, but that intro scene. I mean, that floored me, man. I was like, yeah. this is something different. This I is said, something different. I'm with Steve. I started crying. It's like the Marvel logo came up, and they started showing the, the Guardian um, clips in the Marvel logo. I was, like, done. Like, oh, my God, yeah. people, this is, no one's going to last. Like, this is going to be a bloodbath, and people are going to die. And, um, I mean, we said spoiler, so this is a huge spoiler going ahead. 
no major character dies. No. Like, okay, one major character gets introduced in this film dies, but no other character dies. Like, no, none of the Guardians die. Right. Which um, is so against what I thought they were going to do. Uh, yeah, everybody. We all said, thought so. We all thought at least two people were going to be dead. I was I was positive that Drax was going. Um, and good God, what he wrote Drax's arc is absolutely flawless, beautiful story. I mean, come on, it was so good. Yeah, I mean, it was all good. Everything was. I mean, the stuff with Rocket is obviously heartbreaking and amazing. And Baby Rocket with Lila and Teeth and Floor. It's it's amazing. It's all it's all just. I hate using the same word, but it is. It's it's an amazing piece of film. Yeah. Um, it's not a movie. It's not just a Marvel movie. It's not just a comic book movie. I mean, this no. is up there with like with Dark Knight for me and like nineteen eighty nine Batman and like these. It's Logan. Like this is one of those films. It's a good list. Yeah. Um, talk about like great endings. Logan was a great Logan. ending. Yep. Um, let's. I mean. There, I cried at least like when Rocket is about to die and he asks Lila, "Can he go with him?" I'm like fucking crying now. And he said it like that. He goes, "Can I come with?" And she's like, you "Yes." Know? And you're like, yeah. "Oh my god, they're gonna kill Rocket!" And then he's and then like that beat where they like cut back to like Quill like like begging for him to stay alive, and then that beat they go back and she's like, "Just not yet." And it's like. Fuck you, James Gunn. Like, fuck <laughs> yeah. you for making me cry. And it's yep. so sad and it's so emotional. And you have these attachments to this fucking raccoon. And it's just, it's amazing. It's an amazing piece of film. Marvel is so dumb. Marvel is, they need James Gunn to correct the, the, the shit. I, and like I said, it's not going to happen. You pointed out yesterday, and I said it a second ago. I think that this is going to be the last shining star you're going to see out of the MCU for, I would say, maybe the foreseeable future. Cause I'd say for I at least think, a year. Like, anything I, that's shot already, I think, is beyond fixing at this point, if it's not great. Like, Steve and I were talking about the Marvels trailer that we saw, and, like, we have our issues with some of the actresses, but the only actress that actually gave me hope was the girl from Miss... And I apologize. The place Miss Marvel. Miss Marvel in this TV show, and she's a good... The thing I liked about that show was the family and her and the her like positive. She brings that like Peter Parker energy, and she she's the only one in that movie that was like looked like great and wanted to be there and like was having fun. Yeah. And and the Guardians, even though this is a darker, way darker movie, there is awesome fun elements that still at the core the Guardians yes. and like Let, the whole just... the whole thing with yeah. the couch. And Drax oh my going down. He's like, this, the whole thing is great. The whole there's, thing there's, is perfect. Don't don't take me wrong. We I said it started off and then, but it ends in the happiest way. The the humor is there. It's absolutely perfection. You just said the couch scene, which you can kind of see on clips, and it's even on a trailer now. Um, it, it's it's absolutely hilarious. What goes through all of these characters' dialogue is absolutely hysterical and sweet. It comes but, from a, a, a storytelling background. It comes from their background comes from a natural place right. of story development. Well said. And I just, I, this is going to sound like I'm just like a Guardians apologist, and I'm not. And I guarantee that if you go see it, I, you, and if anybody out there, I, I can't find many, I, I don't think many people are going to dislike this movie. It's just absolutely great. The ending is good. The soundtrack is incredible. That syncs up with it all. <clears throat> there are two post-credit scenes. Both of them are Guardians related. They have nothing to do with the future of the MCU. Um, so I'll just point, uh, say this. 
Pirate Steve saw this the week before it came out, um, and they gave a PETA warning at the beginning to say if you were here to protest. Now, I didn't have that in my screening, and I have read that it hasn't happened since that early screening. That's usually when they like to do it. Mm -hmm. And also, I think that people are now seeing it going, oh, okay, nothing really happens on screen. And it's, it's, bad. Against, it's, it's, it's just, against animal cruelty. And it's against, like, why are you exactly. protesting the thing that you're for? Yeah. Like, Steve, was Steve and I often talk before the show, I hit record, and... These groups that that hurt themselves by going after things that, that are, I, are, are helping, are like are promoting them, should shut the fuck up. Yeah, you, uh, you, they hurt themselves by being stupid. But anyway, so far I've heard that they haven't done that here. So that's a good thing. But it, it's just, it's interesting. But the thing that he pointed out that he really loved and one of his favorite parts mm -hmm. was something that I appreciated the first time, but on the second viewing, it kind of killed me, is when he actually calls himself Rocket Raccoon. Oh, my God. When, when he, he closes the gate and he sees the little description of what he is and it says common name raccoon. So at the end, when he looks and he goes, it's Rocket Raccoon. And I mean, our theater, when we saw it at midnight that first night, got applause at that moment. You know, people were pumped. And I just thought that was absolutely a magical moment. Again, that storytelling just prowess right there. I, it, it's fantastic. Another thing about this movie is its antagonist, right? The, the guy, the bad guy in this film, the high evolutionary is truly a bad guy. Um, some again, some of the some of the the criticism is toward him that he's too yelly. Uh, by the he... way, I, I I bounced that off of Sarah, and she can see your point more yeah. than more than I can, and she can see it. But she doesn't say it's bad. She no. just says she can see it. And he's not very yelly in the beginning, a little bit, but as he progressively gets more obsessed with Rocket, he becomes very yelly. And, and that's fine for his character. Like, I can see that's his character. That's For me, that's a natural character development flaw in him. Because he's trying to perfect him, and he can't perfect himself. Um, yep. And then that whole scene where they finally get onto the ship, and Quill is talking to him. He's like, I don't need another bad guy speech, and that's great. And yeah. then he's like, I don't need wait, another wait, bad guy when he's he talking about better. a squid dealing crack to kids who look like cockroaches. And, and then like, you expect him to be like, no, they're not. And the evolutionary was like, yeah, you're right. That's why I'm starting over. And you're like, holy shit. Yeah. The fact that he acknowledged that his plan did not work is something that I thought was humbling. Yeah. And it, it, it showed that he, while he's a psychopath and obviously a bad guy, he understands. And yeah. he got that it was like that. And so Sarah pointed out something. She goes, you know, the trend now is to make the bad guys like calm and demeaning, you know, like just very cool demeanors. Yeah. And she goes, I like kind of like that he was shot, like Kang, like Thanos. And she goes, I like that he, and this one wasn't like that. You can't have yeah. them all just do this cool Thanos sort of impression-y vibe of being calm and chill and under control. I like that he lost control because he was losing his mind because his plan was literally falling apart because he could not get all of the pieces to right. work. And I just thought he was a great villain, an absolutely great Titans. And his ending scene is jarring. Um, I, I did not expect that. Sarah thought that my nephew was going to have a hard time seeing that because it's very gory, but he didn't. It was fine. And I'm like, no, he's fine. And I was right because I was in. But he was, it was just really, really cool. Great, great, great villain. And uh, there it is. <laughs> it, it, it's just great. So, I mean, we could go scene by scene on this, but I just wanted to say that thing about Rock Raccoon because we did not say that on the phone. How incredible. No, and we don't want to spoil everything. We just want to hit kind of high Absolutely. points and low points. Um, yeah. So, like, overall, Steve, you know, on my level. Well, let's box. hold on. One more thing before we spoil okay. it, because before we go on, yeah. is the, the, the use of the word the of fuck. The fuck I just want to yeah. talk about that real quick, because 
apparently in PG-13 movies, you're allowed to say one. it one time, yeah. but they have never allowed it in Disney's MCU until now. This is literally the very first time. So when I heard that in this, uh, like late fall, when they said that they got approval to do it, I was floored. I'm like, okay, I trust James Gunn, but how are you going to use this in a way that makes sense? You know, whatever yeah. that, that is worth the first use in the theaters. And I was so wrapped into the movie, I kind of forgot that it was a thing. And when it happened, I not only was the use of it freaking brilliant. I'm not going to say what it is, even though no. the clip is online. The Marvel, uh, is? Released, Marvel has released uh, this on their official Don't look page. at it. Wait, wait for the movie. Exactly. I'm just saying, if you want to go watch it now, Steve, the entire thing is on there, except it's bleeped. Um, yeah. But anyway, how it happens comes so naturally. It's how people speak. It's not how like super vulgar people speak. In yeah. the scene, it's like, Damn it, James Gunn. Not only did you get away with it, the studio approved it because it was funny yeah. and it's literally how humans talk. You right. hear that at any playground. It's just how people talk. It wasn't mean. It wasn't vulgar. It was just... <laughs> out of frustration. It was out of just frustration and humor. And I'm just like, damn it, good job. So yeah. anyway, it's nothing to be alarmed about. It's still PG-13, like everything else. But good God, did that... I, I just applaud that. I would say this is the close... Other than multi multiverse of madness, this is the closest thing to an R. Yep, like by by here, there hair, is um, there's a lot of blood. There's like a lot of like real type blood, um, and it, it is it, it, yeah. it depends on your kid. Like Steve knows his Steve knows his nephew. He knows what yep. he can handle, what he can't. If you think your kid's gonna like freak out over like the animal cruelty and like but and stuff it... like that, like you can you can you can wait, uh, keep him home and go see it, and then go bring him. Like judge for yourself. Also, but, let's yeah, just say no, this no, real quick. Kid. Just to say this, animal cruelty happens off scene. You kind of know that it's happening right. and they reference it. You don't see any of it. You see the you see what you, you see, see in the, the trailers. aftermath of it. You see the aftermath, which is people, animals that have been genetically changed that have like mechanical arms yeah. and it's horrible. Floor is one of the saddest looking things I've ever seen. It reminds me of uh, that little baby head in uh, that mm -hmm. Sid messed Toy up in Toy Story. Yeah. So it's one of those. But let's just be really clear. If you haven't seen this and you're listening to this anyway because you wanted to hear if it was worth saying, the animal cruelty stuff, you don't even see. It's just reference that they're taking poor, innocent animals and messing with them, which is yeah. the entire point of the movie is the guy said people aren't worth it. Animals, I wanted to create a society where there is no anger or hostility, and it's just right. this. And he has to do that by genetically altering animals because inherently animals are innocent. Right. And that's James Gunn's entire life is that animals are just inherently innocent creatures. And I love that that's where he went with this. By the way, you know, you said before, what a James Gunn story arc, because he is such an animal pro animal guy. How great is it to say, you know, people are a mess, you know, and yeah, we're going to yeah. genetically alter the one thing that is pure in this world, which is animals. I just said it's such a James Gunn thing. Yeah, and it makes yeah. sense. And it works in this because Rocket is part of the plan. James Gunn, James Gunn, James Gunn has a vision always for his for his films. Whether it's a vision so you agree with yeah. or a vision you don't agree with. Like there are some movies on James Gunn I don't like particularly love, but he has a clear vision and a clear story arc and a clear script yeah. in mind. Yep. Um, and I kind of feel like he writes his stories backwards. I think that he has yeah, the ending. Probably. And then he he fills it in from there. A, a really good example of that is the Belko experiment, which he wrote. He didn't direct. His friend directed it, but he wrote it. It's the most James Gunn script of all time. The ending is like a 1980s horror movie where it ends all ominous. I guarantee you he had that in mind. Mm -hmm. And then he worked backwards. And I just like how he did because this one you can see where it starts and it begins. So we're not going to spoil anything more because we don't want to go scene by scene. But 
There is something that is referenced in literally every single Guardians movie, and it's about dancing. And Drax says this mm-hmm. you know, thing, and he even says it at the, in the beginning of this one. And the way that it pans out is, just like what you said, Steve, he saw that and pre- made that a thing in the very first movie. And it ends in a way that is so absolutely sweet to the core of who he is. It's fantastic, which is my it might be my favorite quote of the movie. Mm. And uh, that is, you weren't born to be a destroyer. You were born to be a dad. Yeah. And yeah. I just, when that happened, it just, I, a little part of me just shattered. I'm like, yep, Drax is yeah. maybe my new favorite character because it's so incredibly good. <laughs> oh, that's the problem with this film. Like, every character has, like, Mantis is great. Like, Are you kidding me? Just Mantis say is that. awesome. And she yeah. kicks ass. She's, like, so sarcastic and um, very much, like, you can see the, the, the uh, half sister in her of Quill at, yep. at this point. Yeah, um, you can. It, it's it's crazy how well it's written. Like, all right, let's talk about the whole James Gunn situation real quick. We all know what happened. Um, they hired him back. They would have worked without him to finish off the trilogy. Um, and he came back to finish it, which is and he did a holiday special, which is awesome. Um, so and then. Now he's at DC. Now he's at Warner Brothers, and he's in control. Uh, part uh, half and half are partners with. Um, I've got the other gentleman's name, but let's be honest: no one cares about him. We care about James Gunn. Sorry, so, you're not wrong. Uh, yeah, it's you it's know just, his name. The last show we did. Now I don't remember. I know. Now I, I don't have it pulled up. That's why. Nah, um, fine. but um, I am super pun intended excited to see what he does with Superman. I am super excited to see what he does. With that whole universe, now that he is in control of it, I'm sure he went back and edited The Flash in a way to kind of get his vision rebooted and restarted. Um, Which we did know that there were reshoots, and we talked about that before. I think that the reshoots weren't because the first one was bad, but because he was asking, like, listen, we have this art, can we insert these things? And I think when we see it, Steve, you're going to know which parts were redone, because they're going to be the beginning puzzle pieces, I think, to his his, his whole I, I hope the Flash movie is as good as this. Like I, I, I wanted it to be. I thought the Flash movie would be my number one comic book movie this year. Um, it, it, it had, yeah, it had you a said high, that on this show. Yeah, it's a high hill to climb right now. We're in the middle of the summer season now. This is a jumping point of the summer season. Do you know when the summer season became May? I know exactly the. Well, I don't know the year. I know the movie. Didn't that. you say it? Because it used to be July and that or June. Because that's when Jaws came out, which was yeah. the very first one. What and it Star Wars was in. It was May. But it was never. That was a long time ago. Before it was considered. What is it? What you you've said it on La- the show before. Gladiator was the movie. Yeah, that's it. Gladiator. Yep. That's that, right. That brought yep. the earlier uh, summer summer season. Yep. Everyone um, started piling on after that big one. Right. Yeah. Um. But like, yeah, it's a summer season. There's gonna be a bunch of good popcorn movies and you know shitty popcorn movies that it's gonna be fun. Like Transformers looks like. Um, it, it, it will do. Maybe we'll do our next one. We'll do uh, um, we'll do our anticipated movies of um the summer. Um, but yeah, we'll talk a top, top five list. Let's say. Um, but yeah, I mean, Superman's gonna be great. I I just have faith in that universe now. Like the the animated movie that's coming up for us, the yep. um, the the creature commandos that he's you know helping write and and produce and and direct and stuff. Like he's gonna have his fingers in everything, and it's all gonna be perfect. It Who is do you think perfect. he will pull? Like everybody wants to work with him. No one, no one, never wants to work with him. So he's definitely gonna pull people. Who do you think? Um, let's play a game. Who besides, you, besides his wife Jennifer Holland, who is in every single thing that he does. Right. 
um, like, why wouldn't you want to work with a person you love? That's what Ben and, ben and, and Matt do now. Ask Steven Spielberg how that worked out for him. <laughs> Once, Steve. Yeah, I'm but just he saying. He made his I'm wife on the film. He made his second wife on the film. That's true. All right. So okay. yeah, go. go ahead. And they're go still ahead. married. Um, who do you think? Okay, let's play one casting. We're not going to cast Superman, but it'll be super. Who do you think he's going to get to play Perry White? I have someone in mind. I just say it. I don't know. Roker. Oh, okay. Michael Roker is because Michael Roker is in every one of his movies and everything he's ever done. And so is Nathan Fillion, I think. Um, those are his two like OGs. And his brother, Sean Gunn, is in yeah. a lot. So I think you I think wow, Steve, that's a good one. If Michael Roker played him, there'd be a difference. I, I like that. That's a good one. I don't even care to go on with this because that's the best <laughs> one. Um and, and now Damn, um, good job. Yeah. The high evolutionary could easily play um Hal jo- not Hal Jordan, um John Stewart in Green Lanterns. Yep. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He's, and, now that and he's dead be, and peacemaker, you don't he you does know. use his people a lot. Yeah. He reuses his friends a lot. And I, I always like that. We've talked about that before on multiple. Every director shows. has that. Kevin Smith, Scorsese. Well, Kevin uh, Smith might be the number one of all time. He kind of just remakes movies with the same people. <laughs> <laughs> you but Scorsese does it all the time. Scorsese is the I think Scorsese. Eh, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And Nolan does it. Nolan he Oh loves, my god. Um, Every single yeah, yeah, yeah. What's his Which, name? Gillian Murphy. Yep. Yeah. This, I just read a cool thing that he said about being an Oppenheimer, that he always dreamed about being the lead character in one of Christopher Nolan's movies. And he uh, secretly hoped that it would be his turn. And he was glad, glad it was. I'm like, that's great. <laughs> you know, he's been in everything he's done. Um, but yeah, I, that's a good, I can't think of anything else. That's a, that's a perfect one. But let's I, talk I, about, okay. I just, I don't think that Dave Bautista will make it over there. I think, no, that I Dave think there's, a, there's a rift there somewhere. There's a, there's a, there's a rift, even though it ended really well. And his, I don't know if you saw his tweet the other day, where he said the sweetest things ever about being a part of this. And he kind of undid what he was saying last year, which was, I don't want to be Drax anymore because I'm a better actor. I want to try doing other things. And this one, he literally said, I want to thank everybody Drax for changing my life. And yeah. this, this is the, this is the role that changed my world. And I'm grateful every single day for it. And I love that. It's a I love when people do that. Like, absolutely. Like, Hugh, like Hugh Jackman. Like he's like, oh my, I don't really going... want to do Wolverine anymore, but like, thank you for like letting me do it. And he's like, yeah, yeah I'll do it again because people yep. want to see it, and and I want to do it again. And like, it's a it's a perfect mix of yeah of of you know of him wanting to do it again, and this is a project he wants to do it with. So Chris Pratt has said that he would come over and work with him again in a heartbeat. Apparently, those two are very very close off screen. And the cool thing about Chris Pratt and James Gunn's relationship is apparently he has his back more than anybody, but he's not loud about it. When right. Dave Bautista had his back during the firing, he was more, I have your back by yelling at everybody that you can't yell at because yeah. you're being too calm. Um, I think Chris Pratt is definitely going to come over. He's not, I don't think he's going to be Superman. That would be a little bit too on the nose. And, uh, but it I think he'll definitely Luther, come over. Though. See, that would be incredible. I would, I would, do, I would see that in a second. I don't know the rest of the DC characters as much as you do, so I don't know. I would also definitely expect Karen Gillan to come over. You know, they, he could be, he could be Batman. I would, I would do that. See, didn't we say that, Steve? Did I say no? I said Superman. I said I think he'd make a good Superman. I completely agree with Batman. I think that he could easily do that. Yeah. I think and so in this too. one, you see his acting chops again. You know, Chris Pratt. That beginning scene, He's- he is. He's just broken. He's a shell. And, and anybody who works, James Gunn doesn't surround himself with assholes, bad actors. like actors. No, no. Um, he likes people to be positive and, and and stuff. And 
I know, like this... a while back, people were giving Chris Pratt some some BS, but like, come on, people, just just be yeah. cool. Can we all just be cool? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Cool he wants this is why everyone wants to work with him. Is he wants the set to be a really fun experience? That's why they call him an actor's director. Right. So you don't bring in assholes to be yeah. in these roles, which is one of the things people were really curious about why he chose Will Poulter to play Adam Warlock, and he said it's because he's such a great guy. Yeah. And he's a, his role was a little bit weird and funny in this one, but uh, you can see why. He wants everyone to just have fun on set because when people are having fun making the movie, you're going to get a good product. So right. I, I just, I never questioned. Yeah, that was, one of the other, that was one of the other knocks on, on this Guardian is Adam Warlock wasn't Adam Warlock like the comics. But I'm like Steve knows, I'm not the Marvel. Like, I know mainstream Marvel, but I don't know like Guardians or like the, the cosmic stuff that much. Um, so I don't know what Adam Warlock is supposed to be, which is totally fine. Yeah, I asked my buddy Lance yesterday from the show that we used to do, and he told me a little bit about it. I asked him, I said, is he supposed to be kind of weird? And he goes, well, he's a weird character. And I'm like, okay, is he's supposed to be really stoic. And I said, okay, in this one, they say very clearly that they yanked him out of his incubation right. pod too early, and he's kind of a mama's boy because he's young. Oh, and he's a mama's boy. They literally pulled him out of his incubation pod just to go fight the Guardians. And they were like, you pulled him out too early, which kind of leads to the fact that he was maybe not ready for the whole thing and right. uh, whatever. But he's an interesting character. But I don't think he, I think it was great. I loved how his arc ended. You if know, there was and, one minor issue, I wish they would have focused on Groot's and Rocket's relationship a little bit more during this. In this uh, one, Groot was a very cool physical presence in the room. And at the very, very end, I loved how he looked and, you know, everything like that. But you're right. They didn't really focus on that. I, that would, would have been a little much. But you're right. In the other ones, it was about those two. And number yeah. one, it was about and that. Listen, they can do a solo bond. movie. I know. I know. Uh, what's his name? Said so he doesn't want to come back and voice him, which is Bradley. fine. You can yeah. get another voice actor. Um, but like, I would love to see like Groot and, and Raccoon Rocket show yep. or movie or something. Yeah. Um, but all right, let's talk real quick. Name? Can you name any other trilogies that landed uh, in a positive so, light? Okay. I have the list up right now of Collider's top 10 and I kind of went through it and I'm okay. laughing really hard at one of them is The Naked Gun because that's a great series. <laughs> okay, so, that's good. One of our old friends from the old show and I co completely agreed, not to his obsessive level, was the Before Trilogy, you know, Before Sunset. Oh, before yeah, Midnight. yeah, right. Yeah. That's a great one, very unique. Uh, Spider-Man, they're saying the same Raimi's one. I disagree with that no, one. No, the third one was it terrible. It so poorly. Uh, Christopher Nolan's Batman one. That's pretty much impossible to beat. And I'm going to tell you the truth, man. The Godfather is on here as number two, and I wouldn't even compare that because Godfather 3 sucks. I do not like it. Did but you watch the Coda cut when you went back and recut it? I don't think so. I don't know. I, so he I, released it again, but a, a, a different version of it. Oh, I was just okay. curious if you saw it. I haven't I seen haven't. it yet. I would, I would give it another shot. We just watched number one and two again together. Cause, yeah, watch the uh, Coda cut. Let me know. I would do it. And then the number one on Collider is Lord of the Rings. <clears throat> so, okay. and that's that's kind of tough to do. Other There's than the 20 endings, it's, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No joke. And then the director's cuts, which are four hours long. It is what it is. No, to me, Guardians is, and the thing that's weird to me is, I guess they don't consider it a trilogy anymore because of how many sequels they made later, but the original Star Wars trilogy is what I always compared this to. Yeah. And James Gunn made a cool statement the other day. He goes, a lot of people are saying that this is like Star Wars. He goes, I just want to tell you, I wanted Star Wars today. Yeah, and what yeah. moved me as a kid was this cosmic thing with people that you've met. And I'm like, that's exactly what it is. Rocket yeah. is obviously Han Solo. Uh, Groot is most definitely Chewie. Yeah, you have 
Luke is uh, is is what's his, is Chris Pratt. You've got them all on there. It all makes sense. It's a template that works. But um, I I think that would be another amazing trilogy. But I would say based on all of these, the one that kind of stands out that I haven't brought up yet, I thought you would is Back to the Future. And Actually, Back to the- I, that's the one I was hoping that it was on some kind of list because that is an underrated trilogy. The second it one is, is. okay. It's, it's, it the is, second one's so okay, weird. but it's so watchable, very much watchable. I don't think it's like it terrible. Is. It, it's, um, camp, it's campy, but the story in number two, I think, is the most perfect one out of all of them. Yeah. I think the three is the most human of them all. Yes, it is, and, and that's like what it. that's what you need in the third movie. You need the you need the connection, the humanity of the people to finally show through. You need you have to, to have see something. Yeah, you need to if see the connection. Too, if they're too fictional, you can't have anything to it. Which is why I'm so uh, you can't you can't have. The person they trusted all the time just leave, right, Steve? You can't have someone like retire for like four years because they lost somebody. Yeah. Fuck the Dark Knight Return. I hate <laughs> yeah, that fucking movie. Up, that trilogy fantastic. not be on there. That movie Listen, ruins the whole trilogy. No, it doesn't. It you just doesn't. don't have a bomb to put. You just don't have the beach space to put the bomb. You are all wrong on this. Everyone out there, we're going to rewatch that together. Steve, I rewatched that movie quite Fuck frequently. Fuck that movie! Fuck no, that movie! You're wrong. You're wrong. It's the best Fuck one that out of movie. The, it's the I best one out of the Nolan series in ten years, and I don't fucking plan on watching it again. Yeah. Well, you sound like everybody that doesn't like Last Jedi. So, well, Last Jedi is amazing. I can see the rise of Skywalker, but not, not <laughs> Last know. Jedi. Um, all right, let's end this. Um, that's a good list. Back to the Future is definitely on my. My high ones. Yeah, you know, that's what I, I was. Gonna, I was expecting you to say that originally. Would you put aliens on there? No. The first three. It's also three that bad that it yes, kills three it is, all. This is this is why, and that's why I wouldn't put Back to the Future because I don't like number two as much, and I really, uh, yeah. So no, I do, I do. When's the last time you watched Alien Three? I'm curious. There's too many. Alien Three is just kind of an abysmal mess. It's not horrible, but again, I just it's not good. All of the Guardians are better. All of them together are. No, I agree. Yeah, I agree. I'm just saying. I'm trying to compare all of them, and no, and Alien Three is bad, but also then they made Alien Four, Five, and Six. I'm not including. Fuck those movies. Those are terrible. Totally agree, but I think that's why Star Wars wasn't on this list too, is because it wasn't a trilogy. But at least those the trilogy like there's three trilogies, right? So you can see the original trilogy. Well, that's what people say. Then you have the the Ray trilogy, the Skywalker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I mean, the Skywalker saga. So yeah, that's all. That's all. The of prequel them. series yeah. is what they say. Like, yeah. Well, we well, we gotta do a newsroom soon because there's some news about Star Wars, um, and Harold Murray. Oh my and god, the, yeah. the crap that's going on. What is Kathleen Kennedy doing? Man, I'm gonna tell you. I was so you know about this when they announced that that purchase. I was like, they chose the most perfect person of all time to to, to helm this thing. And now I'm like, what are you doing? I, I just I ugh, shame on shame on them for having no idea. Wait, what, what is. is going on? Like once Iger left, it's like the place blew up. Seriously. Is Iger that important? Is Iger... I don't know. I don't. Yeah, well, you know, we're gonna do another podcast like in the next couple of days, and it's gonna be Disney based, and it's gonna be is Iger that important to Disney? That's gonna be the topic. Then that, yeah. Okay, I'm gonna say we'll my talk, thoughts. We'll talk about it. Um, anyway, so what's guys... that coming up? We have. The other the time manipulation show is going to be posted. We have stuff banked, so uh, trust me, we're going to start going. I know we we do this for fun, and I've been going through shit, and Steve's been you know working hard. So um, we're going to get back on the normal schedule. 
and we'll post something every week. I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's me rambling. If Steve can't do it, I'll ramble about something. I'll <laughs> um, you rambling while driving. That sounds great. Steve's in control of Insta- the Instagram, so maybe he'll Which post that. We'll kick things up. We we love doing, like, Steve and I have been doing this for years. We don't talk about the dark time. We've been doing this for years, <laughs> and we love doing it again. We love doing our own shit again. Um, and maybe, maybe a significant other will fucking call me and <laughs> yeah, we'll, set up we'll a show, step up. Um, yep. and we'll we'll do stuff on there. There's a bunch of stuff we want to do. Kurt wants to do stuff. If you ever want to do something with somebody else, go ahead. Um, and I'll edit it. But yeah, this is for fun. Um, let us know. Interact with us on Spotify. It's the best way to interact with us. Uh, we we host on their platform. Um, and you know, if you guys start watching more and stuff, we can get some ads in and get some, you know, build stuff up and we'll get this shit going because I think Steve and I have a great re- rapport. I'm just going to stop blowing us now. Um, That's right. Share uh, us on all the medias. What are you going to say, Steve? I'm sorry. I was going to steal the new tagline. Uh, oh. S-O- S-O-N? <laughs> that's it. S-O-N and be a fucking rainbow. And go see Guardians of the Galaxy 3 in theaters now. At least three times. In IMAX if you can. In IMAX if you can. It's shot in most of it is IMAX, so I, I highly recommend it. Yes. Okay. See ya. We are Groot. I love you guys. <laughs> box i put it number two overall for marvel behind what behind um in game see that, that after just watching them steve Endgame is is great i i, I still like infinity war more than Endgame. really I yeah like... i think infinity war is my favorite avengers by i like a lot Endgame would be number two and then number yeah. one would be after that but i just think infinity wars like what a crazy idea I get that it. they had like my okay, so my top my I guess it could be an outtake too on Letterbox on W O F seven seven BB. Uh, my MCU ranked in my top ten real quick. Endgame, Guardian Volume Three, Captain America Winter Soldier, um, No Way Home, Guardians yep. Two, um, Infinity War, Guardians One, Black Panther, and Civil War. That's a freaking great list. My my list would probably be the same as yours, except maybe. John uh, obviously reorganized, but that's the same ones on mine. Do you know I really what? did like, I yeah. like Ragnarok. Ragnarok would probably be on my list. Ragnarok, like Ragnarok is my number, I know it's pretty high. It's my number 18. Okay. Uh, and Iron Man. two Marvel movies. Yeah, no, it's hard to put uh, uh, them all down. It's hard to ignore Iron Man 1, but uh, damn, that's a good list. What is Iron Man 1 on mine? Uh, Iron Man 1 should be toward the top. Is it not? Do I even have it on here? Oh, I don't even have the first one on here, I don't think. Ooh, see, that's a problem, because that means your top ten is going to be readjusted. No, it's not. Okay. No. Uh, my bot, my top 20 will be adjusted. 
Is your is your bottom one still? Uh, what do you think my bottom one is? I, your bottom one is either going to be Iron Man two. Oh no! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! You don't like Iron Man three. You and I are some of the only people. No, that I love like, I. I love Iron Man three. Fuck! Then who is it that agrees with me? Someone else agrees with me. I hate Iron Man three. That's maybe, like my go- Maybe someone who uh, was complaining about um, his tickets being. Okay, that you might. Be- <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you think it is? Yes. Oh, wait, I know what it is. It's freaking Thor Love and Thunder. You can't even, it's like... Not, no, wa- it's, not, it's not my bottom. How is that? You can't even watch the first 10 minutes to see the Guardians. You can't even... Do- what is worse? I have one, two, three, four, five movies worse than that. Just start rattling them off now. I don't know. Okay, so Thor Love and Thunder is number 27. Venom... Oh, my God. Oh, wait, you're including the Sony ones. Okay, so Venom and... Yeah, it's 28. Uh, Hulk. Incredible Hulk. Okay. The 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 Ruffalo. I mean, uh, yeah, the, the, the Edward Norton one. Iron Man two. Okay. Um, Age of Ultron. Oh, that's a yep. That would be the yeah. Dark World. Okay, Thor that's Dark World. I kind of agree with all of yours on that list. Yeah, that's that would be my bottom five as well. Oh no, Iron Man is on here. It's my number fifteen. Okay. Okay. Yeah, Thor Dark World would be my least favorite one. And I, it's, that's I, that's really unwatchable. At least Love and Thunder has some fun parts. Yes, yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I, I'll give you that, but like overall, as a movie, it's a Taika Waititi movie, not a Marvel Taika Waititi not, movie. Absolutely. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, Does it make you nervous for his Star Wars, or not really? Yes, very much so. Okay, but I, I have to. Star Wars is more of an open play field. I feel. Oh yeah, like, I like you that. Can, a, you can a have sandbox. An, yeah, you can you will, have yeah. an Andor. And you can have like uh, a a rebels or yeah, you can have a bunch of. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bad dog. Oh my god, we, we've got to talk about bad dog. Is that the fucking best? <laughs> Stop saying about bad dog. You know, I'm not a bad. Dog. The Ooh. poker table thing. Would you think you know? And they're like, oh, so fucking good. Oh, this movie! I just ruined Steve's ending of the show because now he's back talking about Cosmo. Oh, that's the outtake. Cosmo's great. Okay, good job. Okay, that's the end of the outtakes.